0: all things, all things KC. KC, for everything Chiefs,
1: it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tap.
2: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and producer, Nick Schwert. We are sad Chiefs fans after that Bills loss, coming to you directly after that Bills loss. Guys, we're going to get all into it, but... Ah, we had that game. It's it's a gut punch.
0: I honestly, I thought best case scenario, they score a touchdown and leave the Chiefs a minute. Because the second they had the ball at four minutes, I'm like, that ain't great. Um, that's a weird amount of time. So the Bills are definitely gonna score one more time. So now what? It didn't feel like there was enough time in the game, and then Mahomes just made another really bad decision, his second of the game. And that's what eventually cost him. I'll say this before we get anything else in the game. I like watching the chiefs bills games about more than any other football game around. That's for sure. Yeah. They're fun. Their games are fun. They have a lot of great players, it, you know, like that part of it, the bills chiefs, you know, we said, Hey, let's already admit this is the best rivalry in sports. Yeah. This is the reason why another game like this.
1: And it, and it wasn't the game that we kind of thought it was going to be, you know, nope. we thought this was going to be a game played and the first one to 40 wins. <laughs> oh, how many different How many different times are the Chiefs going to score and then the Bills going to score and then the Chiefs going to score in the last two or three minutes of this game? None of that actually panned out. It was more of a defensive battle. I don't know if it's fair to call, that, call it that, but kind of felt like it. Uh, that was a little bit of a gut punch. It's just, you know what? we We joked on the last episode about, is this a rivalry if the two teams don't even hate each other? All you have to do to know if it's a rivalry is, do a wellness check after the game. How are Chiefs fans feeling? How are you feeling? This one sucks. Like this one sucks more than the Colts because this is just a team that you want to beat.
2: I couldn't tell though. I don't know. I think I was more stressed out during the Raiders game, to be honest. This one, I know we talked about it on Friday, if we would be mad if we lost. And I said, obviously, yes. But I'm kind of now like, eh, we'll see him again in the postseason and we'll get the win then. It just – it didn't sting as much as I thought it would.
0: This sounds like a therapist would call this a coping strategy. It <laughs> <laughs> <They> just <laughs> – get out of that loss and you're like, it's fine. You know what? I thought they could lose that game anyway, so who cares? Like, Nick and I both predicted the Chiefs to lose. And even uh-huh. I'm still – once the game went that way, I'm like, oh, you had it. You had so many opportunities. Maybe don't let them go 99 yards before half. Maybe don't miss a kick. Maybe don't throw a bad pick at the – like, it just – like I know that it'd be easy for me to rationalize considering the fact I thought they were going to lose this game between two very competitive teams anyway, but it doesn't feel good when it's like it was there because that's, that's defi- You know, it's, it's another one of those games. Like it was there. You had a, ch- they even gave you time at the end and they had 12 seconds before half and scored Matthew writes. Uh, it did not last long, Nick, for all the, <laughs> for all the stuff we joked about at the end of last week, Matthew writes 59 yard franchise record god man that died quick
1: well to be fair he still has the second longest yeah. in <laughs> chiefs yeah, that's history. true very
0: good point
2: there we go um yeah i think i was just maybe too tired today to really put a lot of energy into <laughs> this one uh but cody you kind of brought up my first question and that is what do you guys think the headline is from today um why did the chiefs lose to the bills
0: so what's the storyline for me and maybe for only the Second time, I, I mean, I'd have to go back through. Mahomes lost this game. Mahomes threw two picks. He didn't have to throw. He could have taken three points. He trusted MVS to be a big, tall, physical wide receiver, and MVS let him down. That led to an interception. I don't think that that throws nearly as bad as the second one. And the second one is it was only second and ten, and you had four downs, and you did not have to throw that ball in that moment. And when you throw two interceptions that definitively didn't have to be thrown, then it's on you. And they've gotten too many third and longs, whatever it's going to be. But like for the first time in a long, long time, I felt like this one was more on Mahomes than any other person on the
1: field. So I don't actually have that much of a problem with the first interception because that's the situation where he makes a play. Five times out of 10, six times out of 10, more than any other quarterback in the league. So at the time, and that was earlier in the game, so the the stakes aren't as heightened. I was like, okay, whatever, you know, he'll come down and make another play in the second half that'll totally make up for it. The last one, uh, basically the game clinching interception. I don't know what you're doing, man. I mean, it was well, that what that was second. That was second <laughs> yeah. down, right? Yeah, yeah. Second third and ten down. and fourth and ten left. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. And so there's part of me that's sort of like doing this internal battle of. You can't, you can't like laud him whenever he makes these one of one plays that nobody else in the league makes, and then when he pushes the envelope a little bit and it costs you, then all of a sudden turn it on him. But I, I don't know how I can argue with, I don't know how I could argue against the fact that I don't care what he does normally. I don't care uh, how many times he makes those plays. The fact of the matter is, your quarterback through two interceptions in very, very critical junctures of the game in the red zone. And with one minute to go trying to lead the team on a game winning drive.
0: My only problem with the first red zone one, Nick, is not so much it to me, it's situation again. You're right. It's very early, but the bills just gave you a gift. They got the ball to open the drive. They tore through your defense all the way down. And then Isaiah McKenzie just didn't seem to know the ball was coming towards him. It resulted in a fumble. You went all the way down the field. And in that moment, considering the fact that they choked down in the red zone themselves three feels okay. I'm normally team go through it, team, take chance team, you know, take the risk down there, whatever. But it just felt like because the bills had just gifted you it, it's like, don't gift it back. They just gave you these three points. These were free. You didn't have to work for them at all. The bills just coughed it up down in the red zone. You could have taken a little lead and whatever the throw itself. You're right on its own standalone merit. Look, it got picked. But trusting MVS, the super tall wide receiver, to make a catch in front of a guy, he's supposed to do that. He's supposed to jump in front of the guy who's shorter than him and make that catch. And honestly, he had a pretty good chance to. But it's it's still, like, coupled with the other one and the situation of it, it's hard to get away from the fact he made some incredible throws because Mahomes does. He made some great passes and led some great drives like Mahomes does. But those two turnovers in a very tightly contested game are the reason why you lost.
1: I know this will kind of get lost in the shuffle, but this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde run game for the chiefs was Mr. Hyde today. It was not great. Um, Clyde, when we saw him earlier and I'm not, I'm not ready to like write off Clyde. I'm just saying in this game in particular, didn't have that same juice that we saw maybe the first two or three weeks of the season when he's trying to like bounce him outside. He, he never wins that race to the edge it felt like every single Buffalo defender was closing out on him and taking him down. That's the other part is like no missed tackles. So if you don't have the juice and you're not making guys miss, it's like, Ooh, this can't really be your bread and butter when you're trying to run the ball. What
0: was your headline? Kale? I mean, I, I think it'd be easy to just be like, well, that was a fun game round two in the playoffs. Like you kind of said, I mean, that's not a crazy headline coming out of the game.
2: No, Cody, honestly, I'm with you. I'm oh, going back to who I'm with every time I'm with the right person. So,
1: right. Yeah. Good call. Thank Good you. Strategy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and I actually want to put that second turnover on myself because I'm sitting, I, I'm kind of intuitive. I have feelings about things and I'm like, oh. hmm, there hasn't been like a major costly turnover. I really hope it doesn't happen here. Next play. I'm like Phoebe. That's the third friend's reference if you're keeping track. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just. It, it felt like he was not comfortable in the pocket. He was doing a lot of dancing today. It was a very stressful situation. Like watching him today stressed me out. He just didn't have, I feel like a lot of time he was scattered about. He took those, you know, those sacks and um, he just wasn't the Mahomes that we've seen against the bills in the past, I guess you could say.
0: And I look, but he I, was still
2: he was still pretty good at the same time.
0: So I don't know that that three yard run, to just make it like fourth and seven was one of the craziest three yard runs I've ever seen. Like it, it doesn't. And Butker made that kick and it gave him the lead and everything like that, that run mattered. But you know, and we're going to get to Von Miller in a little bit, but yeah, there's no denying the fact that the bills got pressure. And I know at some point we're going to talk about the defense. And I think it's really, really, really hard to be overly critical of their just overall performance. But there are a couple of moments to highlight that obviously caused them some problems too. Like the Spags getting greedy on the blitz on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like when the bills are already in field goal range before the hat, like it's just an unnecessary moment to get greedy. And, you know, like those moments are going to be highlighted. I think there's a lot of different stuff in the end. It doesn't, it, I, I'm with you, Kayla. It doesn't feel like miserable, 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 because I know that both of these teams are great, but it still feels like there were so many things that went wrong that you could have fixed today.
2: Yeah. Right there with you. Well, this begs the question, are the Bills now the team to be in the AFC? All
0: right, Nick, I'm going to ask you, and Kayla, I'm going to ask you this real quick. It seems fairly obvious to all of us, right, that uh, the number one and number two seeds are going to be the Chiefs and Bills. Like, there's not even an argument or conversation to be had about it. Unless something horrific
2: happens, yeah. Yeah.
0: When the season shakes out, in whatever order you want to say, the Chiefs will be the one seed, the Bills will be the two, the Bills will be the one, the Chiefs will be the two. That seems so obvious to me. So it's hard for me to not say the Bills are the team to beat because now they have a one-game advantage and the tiebreaker advantage on the only other team I think can take the one seed away from them.
1: Yeah, I, it's weird because we go back to this last year when the Bills came in and whooped the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Yeah. I. I you remember the conversations we were having, Cody? Like we were talking about how, okay, not only are the Bills the team to beat, like the Chiefs are reeling. I think they dropped to... Three and four at that point. Or I know they started three and four. And then all of a sudden, the Bills uh fall to the Jaguars, nine to six. And the Chiefs only lost one more game the rest of the season. And the Chiefs ended up with a 12 and five record. And the Bills ended up with an 11 and six record.
0: After this game last year, the Chiefs were in last place in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. So if you just like a little, like, feel good perspective, that, they were, we, thank you. We, we were talking about the last place Kansas city chiefs after they got their ass kicked by the bills. That was a much worse feeling than after this one, but the bills are the team to beat mm-hmm. their defense, held the offense down. They scored enough to win the game. Josh Allen. I mean, that, that, that fucking leap over the guy that's terminator <laughs> shit. That's, that's insane. Now, what are you supposed to do about that? There's nothing to be done. Like, He's one of the only other players in the NFL where I'm like, that's stupid. That's unfair. And I don't like it when it happens to me. Right. Like I don't like it when it's on the other side because he went six feet in the air over that guy. So like, yeah, they're the, they're the team to beat. Do I think that they're a lock for the number one scene? No, I don't because and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the jets are a much more competitive football team than I was anticipating. The Patriots are a little Jekyll and Hyde themselves, so they're never going to be the pushover because Bill Belichick is a good enough coach. He can frustrate some guys. And the Dolphins, when they get to a back, I presume will be competitive again. So the Bills don't just have like the easiest road in the division of all time. The Chiefs are still going to have to battle through theirs too, but you know, like there are still losses coming for the Bills.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, are the, the team to beat? It's tough to say that just knowing that nobody's been able to, with the exception of the Bengals, like nobody of the the Ravens, the the Bills, the teams that have been there year after year during the Mahomes era have been able to, to do what the Bengals did last year, which is come in to Arrowhead in the postseason and beat the Chiefs. So for a team that's hosted four straight AFC championship games, I feel like I need to see a little more than a week six win to anoint you the new kings of the AFC, right? And I know that that's maybe not necessarily fair because I will, on the other side of my mouth, say, like, the Bills are the better team. The Chiefs played well. The defense played well. We'll get into that later. But the Bills are a more complete football team right now, or maybe more accurately, they have a better idea of who they are. It's, because they have been building for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have been building to beat specifically the Chiefs for three seasons now. And the Chiefs now, as they recalibrate and try to figure out what they're going to do post Tyreek Hill and with all these young players on defense, they're trying to figure out if okay, this team's building to beat us. Is our baseline still going to be good enough to be better than everyone who's chasing us?
0: the the thing that we haven't even discussed the the part of that nick where you're like yeah they've been building towards this this is the perfect version of themselves they're going to get some guys back too so i'm not saying they can't get healthier obviously having tredavious white back is going to help their defense but the chiefs wore without two of their top three corners uh their second linebacker their like they were missing they played good on defense and they were not whole like that was not a that was not a complete unit and so I think that there is still a, quite a bit of growth as far as where the Chiefs will be from here. I don't think we're anywhere near whatever the final form of either of these teams are, and so it's it's just it's just so premature to just be like, "Yep, they got the one seed. We're all locked up here." I'm like, I won't go that far. Are they the team to beat right now? Sure, you can have that title for Week Six. Don't care.
1: Hey, they are they are the team to beat in in that we are hoping that everybody beats them now so that yes. the Chiefs can get the one seed.
2: Guys, who's who's going to beat them? Aside from, I mean, the Jets, as Cody pointed out. They've got the Vikings.
0: Pats, Vikings are 5-1. and one. They're, not, they're not a pushover.
2: Those are the only ones on the schedule that I can see them losing to. But it's well, not is, everyone else. They're going to steamroll.
1: It's not just that they, like, the schedule. It's that this team should probably be undefeated if yeah. it weren't for one of the most miraculous wins than that Miami pulled off a few weeks ago. Like this team should be undefeated. They are top two. They might. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to wait till tomorrow till pro football reference updates it. But going into this week, they were the number one scoring offense and the number two scoring defense, which is right where they were at last year.
0: So, Flip that. It was like the Chiefs had the best offense. Oh, okay. The Bills Sorry. had the best yeah. defense. Same difference. It
1: doesn't really matter. Yeah, we're splitting hairs here. They're really damn good on yeah. both sides of the ball. So, yeah, they'll slip up. Like, there will be – look at what just happened today. You know, we saw the Falcons pull off an upset. The Jets pulled off an upset. The Giants <laughs> pulled off another upset. Like, this just happens. Teams lose games they're not supposed to. The Bills aren't going to be impervious to that. But I'll tell you what. I don't think this is a six loss team again, like they were last year. No,
0: they just don't look to me. They don't
1: look like some team getting
0: ready to steamroll their way to 15 and one either. Like they weren't unstoppable tonight. Mm -hmm. My fear was we'd get into this game and the chiefs would be missing all these pieces. And I'd be like, Oh no, that's a freight train. And you're in trouble because you get a sense of those teams really early on. And nobody in the NFL has felt like that. The entire NFC kind of feels like a fraud at times. They're not all frauds. Obviously some of them are going to be good teams, but Like, I've never believed in the Bucs for one second. They've remained one of the favorites of the NFC. The Packers lost again today and were lifeless. By the way, that's who the Bills have next week. But it's just like one thing after another can put this team in front. But there's there's a lot to take away from this game to still feel good about for the Chiefs. But yeah, the Bills deserve the title of current king of the AFC. But at the end of the season, that's been the Chiefs title for so many years.
2: And just to your point, Cody, they even were mentioning that on the broadcast about us missing those those weapons on defense and how this will be a different game when we have a full team. So we shall see, by the way, does Tony Romo, do we like him calling Chiefs games or no? Cause he kind of stresses me out.
1: It's kind of like, like people, kid. people have turned on Romo. He was like the most <laughs> exciting announcer that everybody loved the first couple of years. And now he has fallen into the trap that every single sports announcer ever has fallen into, which is that eventually you stay around long enough. People will hate you.
0: I still like Romo. He is like a kid uh, not on his ADHD medication, but I'm not bothered by that. I've hung out on enough of those kids in my life that it seems right.
1: Yeah, I like it. I I think it brings an excitement level. You know, I know a lot of people don't like it. They're like, well, he's not even right with some of the stuff that he's saying. He's just guessing out there. I don't care. I don't care. I am there for the entertainment value when I'm watching sports, so I want a broadcast crew that's going to bring the heat.
2: And he was... He's never been more entertaining than he was in that divisional game last year. Um, oh, good! It's just like sometimes in these stressful games, things he says about like when he compliments the other team—that's what makes me mad. I'm like, <laughs> stop! I don't, I don't want to hear you talking right now. Okay.
0: Before history is written, Bobby Orr, the net, the the it's played. Tinelli, Before it's frozen in time, <laughs> it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more.
2: Okay, speaking of the other team, it turns out getting Von Miller is a big difference, at least for this game. Um, he created pressure, chased Mahomes down on third down to force a field goal, sacked Mahomes on a third down to force a punt, flushed Mahomes out of the pocket, and... Um, Forcing that interception, he just had a game. So, what do we want to say about him?
0: Dude, those were the final three drives. Yes, um,
2: yes those are the final three drives. Not um, great for us.
0: He abused Andrew Wiley today. I mean, it it was it was pretty ugly for a big long stretch of that game. Um, that was the missing piece. I mean, it, we'll see. Like they still got to stay healthy and do all that. But as of right now, for a team that went all in. And their all-in move was to give Von Miller $140 million guaranteed. Yeah, it turns out having Von Miller makes a difference. Who could have seen it coming? But he was great. He was great. He got to the Chiefs all day. It was really frustrating. They didn't have a clear answer for him. And on that final play, he beat a double team. Like I saw, like, you know, Chiefs Twitter or whatever can always be like, oh, not going to make an adjustment, huh? I'm like, he was double teamed. They did make an adjustment. There were two guys on him. He beat them both. And then still got to Mahomes to force the interception. So you can't say much more than he was great today. He's been great all season. He's been maybe the single biggest catalyst for their defense. And for defense that was already top two in the NFL last year, they added what appears to be, at least at the moment, a premier pass rusher. He wore out at the end of last year for the Rams. So that will be interesting to follow. They still won the Super Bowl, didn't stop him because they have Aaron Donald. But he was great today. And yeah, it made a difference.
1: Yeah, and that D line, man, it's going back to what I was talking about earlier with what the Bills have been building towards. Like they realized maybe before any other team in the NFL, or at least any other team that matters, at least in the AFC, that if you're going to beat Mahomes, you have to be able to get pressure without blitzing. Got to be able to rush for and then let everybody else sit back in coverage and make Mahomes, you know, find the one open guy in the one split second that you'll give him. And the Bills have like they've invested in the draft. And I'll be honest with you. When they signed Von Miller, I said, okay, I, I, we saw last year in LA, he still had something left in the tank, but I wondered, that's a, that's a big well, contract not... for a guy who's going into his age 33 season. And then you look at what he did today. And it makes you realize, where well, is this, is the Buffalo bills we're talking about. If, if giving Von Miller that deal, what was it like? 130 million, 140 million. Yeah. Right around there. If giving him that deal means you win a Super Bowl this year and then he sucks for the rest of that contract, nobody will care because you're the Buffalo Bills and you're chasing a Super Bowl. Like, he's a one-man wrecking crew, yes, but what makes him a one-man wrecking crew is that there are other really, really good players on that defensive front for, for the Bills, and that, to me, is... We've known this for two years now. Like, that is how you're going to slow the Chiefs down. And they are better suited to do it than probably anybody else in the NFL. And it just sucks that they happen to be your biggest rival in the AFC.
0: I think maybe an underrated thought that I didn't have originally, Kayla, is... Could you think of a defender in the NFL who knows Andy Reid and his offense better than Von Miller? It's in the division with him for damn near a decade. Probably not. I mean... Like, if there's someone who can provide some insight on what they're going to do, sure feels like Von Miller had a pretty good key on what they were going to do, how they were going to block, what they were going to set up, where to be. I mean, it's just... like I mean, Kaylee played in the division for all of those years. He's got to have a pretty good sense of what they do offensively.
1: Yeah. He's just... I mean, that's the other thing, man. Like, yes, he does. I think that knowledge of having played the Chiefs his entire career helps. It also helps that the dude's just like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just so damn good where it's like, okay, even if he if he's not in his prime anymore, this guy and just how the football smarts that he possesses. It's like, okay, well, maybe I should have rethought my, my opinion on what it meant to sign him because they were already one of the best defenses in the NFL. And now they have him who is... I mean, Von Miller's what? Still probably a top ten pass rusher in the NFL. Yeah, the Chiefs. You know, that's what's funny is like, despite all that, we can talk
0: about Von Miller. Chiefs moved the ball okay today. Mm-hmm. Like they had some hangups in some other areas, but it's not like that they were just stifled with nowhere to go against the league's number one defense, and they were held to 120 yards of offense. Like, no, 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 that wasn't it. Von Miller didn't always get there. Sometimes he did get there. They tried blitzing early, which was very weird. Like the Bills out of the gate tried to blitz early and and it didn't work because it doesn't against Mahomes. but even they were like, well, we probably got to do something. I think it just eventually came down to the fact that your tackles weren't going to hold up in that game in that moment. And Von Miller decided to do what a lot of what you said, Nick, first ballot hall of famers do. Von Miller was good. He was good the whole game. He caused problems, but in the final three drives, he was great. That's when he, put them to rest. Mm -hmm. He gets the sack to force the punt. He gets the stop and pressure to force the field goal. He gets the pressure to force the interception. It wasn't like the whole game. This wasn't uh, you know, Aaron Donald in a game where you're like, Jesus, man, we just played 60 minutes and that guy ruined us for 60 minutes. He's really good the whole game, but in the final three drives when they absolutely had to have him, Von Miller was that guy for Buffalo. I assume they'll be a little more careful chipping trying to keep some pressure on there, but You're not going to see many pass rushers as good as Von Miller, even at his age and this, you know, the rest of the way forward.
2: Speaking of his age, 33. Why did I feel like he was older than that? It feels like he's been around in the league a long time. Because you've
1: been watching him play the Chiefs twice a year for the last decade. Also, there was a guy (laughs) on our show.
0: There was a guy on our show this week in Kansas City who will, I assume, make fun of again tomorrow, who said, Von Miller, bro, he's pretty much 40. And we're like, "Mm, I don't feel like that's (laughs) like we all mocked it at the time. We're like, he's 33. He's not exactly 40. And then he was dominant. And you're like, well, it doesn't really matter how old he is. He's apparently still great. So um, that's yeah, he he was a great signing by them. I don't know. Like at the end of the contract, who knows? Right. I mean, they gave him a bunch of money and they got to they've got some outs and stuff. So it's not like they're forced to pay him. But they knew the bills knew that they signed a guy like Von Miller because he didn't have a Super Bowl they didn't even have a super bowl appearance. They knew they needed something like that in order to cash in and the early dividends are good.
2: Okay, we're going to try something new when we have to talk about a loss, which hopefully isn't very many this season.
0: Ideally um, the last one. So Ideally the last,
2: that would be great. Yes. One Two losses 10. on the year.
0: Woo.
2: <laughs> um and that is we're going to each go around and give our silver lining of the game, which there are a handful, let's be honest. Um, and I'm going to go first because it's something I've been waiting for. Okay. And that is Juju Smith-Schuster finally getting in the end zone. He had five go. receptions on five targets for 113 yards and a TD.
1: Well done, Juju. That's what we've been waiting for from him, right? Yes. Just to look like a number one. He looked like a number one.
2: Yes. I finally see. saw him shine.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he had every every bit of that. I mean, that was his best game by a mile, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. I, obviously he's had 70 or 80 yards, but he was their number one wide receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. He was the, you know what it was? He was the like the yin to yang right? Kelsey was still him. He had all of those moments, right? He still had that kind of game. But it with Juju, at least you finally got to see the opposite end of it. I think there are several silver linings in this game. And I, I was tempted to go Butker because having him back Getting that kick before halftime certainly felt big. But I think for the second straight week, it is more than deserving to talk about Nick Bolton. I have many times on the show said that he is a top five inside linebacker in the NFL. I think you can adjust that to say linebacker. He's great. I hated that pick. I hated it. I was so mad at the Chiefs for taking another damn inside linebacker with a second round pick. Right after they had just taken one, I'm like, what are you doing? And they barely even played that one. So it's like the rookie or Willie Gay, they played him in like 25% of the snaps. I'm like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take another inside linebacker. And right after we took a center. And I'm like, okay, cool. Great, great, great decision, guys. That's going to go great. And I was wrong. He's great. He is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He's everywhere. He gave them a chance to win the game mm-hmm. because of fourth down stops. He again, he stopped Josh Allen on what should have been, The end of that half, when they got him down at third and 13, he was waiting for him to run it on second and 13. Stopped into at the goal line. There was highlight play after highlight play. He was everywhere for them on defense. He's the single biggest catalyst on this defense outside of or equal to Chris Joe. So I know they lost, but a silver lining for me is absolutely the continued play of Nick Bolton.
2: Cody, that is what we like to call Mizzou made.
1: (laughs) You know... But it's, it's weird because it's weird to hear you say that like one of the top linebackers because I'm thinking to myself, I go, what, you know, for inside linebackers to really get the love of the guys who are racking up sacks is you've either got to get a, you know, a bunch of interceptions, a bunch of forced fumbles or just, you know, have 190 tackles or something ridiculous. That's his route to doing it is by yeah. just being by just being uh. Like Patrick Willis, just he is one of the surest tacklers in the NFL. He is the only guy on this team where it's like, if you see him one-on-one, he's bringing that dude down. Doesn't matter if it's the quarterback. Doesn't matter if it's a running back in the flats. Like for all we like the negatives about Nick Bolton, he's a little bit undersized. He may not be that fast. That guy is one of the surest tacklers in the NFL. And there is nothing more frustrating than watching a team miss a bunch of tackles. He's the one guy you don't have to worry about that with. All and right, a I lot of times
2: he just comes out of nowhere. Like, and that fourth down stop today
1: just yeah. out of nowhere. It's awesome. All right. Uh, do you guys want my sober lining? Yes. Please. Please. Okay. Grace. You... Okay. I will. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm going to go with the return of Harrison Butker. Yay. We, we debated this last week, but it didn't end up mattering. We were talking about Harrison Butker, Trent McDuffie, which one you know matters more. Well, Trent McDuffie didn't play, but Harrison Butker did and promptly kicked the longest field goal <laughs> in Chiefs history, uh, breaking a record that was set six days ago. <laughs> so, uh, you know, way to show him who's boss, Harrison. Way to show him like, hey, I know, and Matthew, you had your nice. I, I like to think that that was all coordinated, that Andy Reid and they, and Dave Tobe, they sat down with Butker, they say, hey, man. We know you're like one of the best kickers in the history of this team, so we're gonna we're gonna make sure you get a chance at a 60 yarder this week. 64. He would have nailed that thing from 70, yeah. 70 even the yards. wind. And then yep. the the funniest part is he comes back in the next quarter and misses a 50 yarder. Which like it, what's funny is like we're like really you missed that one. It's like those ones are still hard, <laughs> you know. Like I'm looking at g-
2: second one on the wind.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I heard it was wind. Was it pretty windy today? That's, uh, yeah, it was. And at least at the game, they were saying it was quite a bit,
0: but okay. that didn't stop him from making a 62-yarder. Yeah, True. but
1: then he comes down and makes a 44-yarder. So all in all, two for three, franchise record. Um, you know, Going back to the conversation we had last week, it's just so much more comforting to know that you can play your normal huh. offense. You can play your normal game. You don't have to think about the strategy any differently just knowing that you've got You know, one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history back out there.
0: We'd be talking about two five and one teams if the Chiefs still had Harrison Butker the whole time. They never lose that Colts game because of kicks if Butker's on their team. They still play ugly, but they win it. So it's just – that was that was a very stark reminder. It's also just, like, different when he kicks. That sounds stupid, but you're like, oh, yeah, you're better. Um, it just looks like you kick it harder and straighter and <laughs> all of those things. That, like, even his misses are way closer. You're like, yeah, you're you're. Yeah, there's a difference. I guess it turns out there's a difference between really good kickers and everyone else.
2: I'll be honest. Last week when we were talking about Wright's record kick, um, I thought Harrison already had one longer than that. What was the game – I can't remember if it was last season or season or the season before where he, I thought it was 60 plus yards. Apparently it was not um, where he kicked it. They iced him out he made it and then he kicks it again, makes it again. Or he did it like two or three times yeah. in a row I where he made the, the same insane kick. Okay. Yeah. I thought that one was at least 60 plus yards,
0: but it was three times because yeah. he made it, but there was a penalty. Yes. He made it, but they iced him. And yes. then he made it again just as a like extra fuck you at the right at the tail end. So it's just like, mm-hmm. wow, how nice. But yeah, no, <laughs> he, I mean, if you don't miss that kick, maybe Mahomes isn't as aggressive or something like you could make some like straw man argument that his one missed field goal is the reason why they lost this game. And you're like, no, they had the ball down for Mahomes throws the pick, whether they're going for a field goal or not, the same throw doesn't change the game. I don't, you know, I'm not putting that one kick on what changed the game here.
2: Cody, do you want to change your answer as to who is more important? McDuffie no. or Bucker.
0: Uh, what? Diggs went for like 10 for 148 and Gabe Davis had like a 50 yard touchdown. No, I think I still would have liked it. I quarter.
1: would still say what I said last time, which is that <laughs> we know Harrison Bucker is good. He proved that yet again today. We don't know if Trent McDuffie would have helped this team. That's fair. I don't think he would have heard it though, man. Well those he would guys. have been he would have been one on one with Diggs and Davis, and I'm guessing he would have given up a touchdown or a big play. He's a rookie, and those guys are studs. <laughs>
2: And coming off, coming back from an injury, are you going to be a little out of shape?
1: Probably.
0: I mean, uh, most likely. Now I'm worried what's going to happen is Andy's going to send him another week and then wait for the bye week. Because if he was already worried about playing him in this one, he can full-blown wait. If he waits one more week, he's going to get two more full weeks to get McDuffie back healthy. And that's exactly the kind of thing Andy's done in the past. Nothing more than just be like, hmm, I can buy two weeks for one here, and I already sat him out for the last one, so maybe I'll just you know wait an extra week. In which case, then we got to hope Benton comes back. I don't know. Joshua Williams wasn't any worse than him, so it's about the same.
1: Honestly, <laughs> the, the the touchdown he gave up to Diggs, I mean, you could blame Spaggs for not, for, for putting him on an island with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But that touchdown, like it, it wasn't horrible coverage.
0: The Diggs one was an absolute dart. Like that was a perfect throw.
1: Yeah. And it's Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't love anybody not named Legereus Sneed being one-on-one with him like that to me, if you want to talk about one thing. It's not that these cornerbacks are no good. It's that you can't expect to put them on an island with these, you know, pro bowl, all pro wide receivers.
0: Learn more at marines.com.
2: All right. It is time for a little segment. We like to call winners and losers. Keeping you on your toes. Sometimes it's game balls. Sometimes it's winners and losers. You'll just have to listen to see. <laughs> uh, who wants to go? Who wants to go first? I know everyone's on the edge of their seats.
0: Nick, I feel bad. You should go first this time. I went first on too many things tonight.
1: <laughs> can I make, can I make Steve's Bagnolo both a winner and a loser? Sure. Yeah. I killed two birds with one stone here because, you know, there's part of me that says the Bills scored 24 points. That's a win for the Chiefs' defense. They made a lot of critical stops in big junctures. And a lot of the plays where the Bills scored or put themselves into position to score weren't because of necessarily bad defense, but because they're the Bills. They have Josh Allen, who is six foot five. 240 pounds and is hurtling defenders and not just hurtling them. And like, you know where the guys do the hurdle and then they tumble on the other side because all their momentum's gone. He kept running. That guy's a freak of nature. So I don't blame Spags for that. I, I, I thought the chiefs did a great job of getting pressure and making him look uncomfortable. I don't blame Spags for that. Like that was all good defense dialing up these exotic blitz, blitzes that he's so good at. But <sighs> how many times do you need to put a rookie cornerback on an island? I mean, it was freaking Devontae Adams last week. It was Mike Williams in week two. And now Stefan Diggs. Like, Maybe try something else, anything else, quite frankly, because that's not working. And again, so it's like, well, what are we complaining about? The difference between the Chiefs holding the Bills to 24 points versus 14? Like, that seems a little bit ridiculous, but I don't know like, what the... What is the argument for why you're putting these guys with such limited NFL experience who were drafted in what the fourth and seventh rounds respectfully uh, against Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis? I don't get it.
0: The the one at the end, the, the blitz at the end of the half killed me. They were already in field goal range and the whole goal there is just don't let them score a touchdown. They're already in field goal range. They got plenty of time too late you didn't stop on third and 13 to blitz at that moment the only thing you're doing is don't let them score a big long touchdown and poor joshua williams uh down the field there my my uh my winner is chris jones because well, he got away my, that, okay well we yeah. can, it's we can have the same he got away with a penalty today mine's not going to be about his play good for him you know what he's been called exactly. for a million penalties he didn't get he absolutely tripped Josh Allen, which for sure is a penalty and didn't get called for it. So his sack numbers are even for the year. He got one round from him on the roughing the passer. He got this one back on the tripping that he didn't deserve. A good win for Chris Jones, <laughs> who continues to be one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the NFL. My losers, Clyde. I, I can't figure out, is, is he really this slow? And it's just like, Nick, you'd mentioned it earlier he cannot get to the edge. There's moments when Clyde looks like he can get there, but he's got to have enough space that the edge has already won. Not that he has to beat someone to it. Because if he has to beat someone to it, he's not winning that race almost ever. And I just don't like that sometimes the Chiefs really look like they can run the ball and can go at it that way. And other times it looks like every single run is two yards directly into the face of the defense. So my loser today is Clyde. Uh, He's been a winner probably a couple of other times this year, but bad game from him. Chris Jones, my winner today.
1: What do you think that, what do you chalk this up to? Because with this run game, nothing seems to be consistent from week to week. Like two weeks ago, Jarek McKinnon, I think had two snaps. Last week was obviously huge, sort of breaking things open for the Chiefs offense. And then again today, two carries, one yard. Pacheco's been hardly involved the last couple of weeks. Do you think the game plan just gets away from them sometimes? Do you think that they go into these games with an idea that like, okay, well, let's get this guy some touches or that guy some touches? Because everything you just mentioned about having the burst to get to the outside and making guys miss, like that's what Jarek McKinnon does. That is him to a T. I just don't understand like from week to week what the strategy is with how you're using these running backs.
0: Based on the numbers, there is none. It's just whoever they feel like. And, and look, it could just be that in in practice leading up to it or in the game plan, they think one running back's better than the other. But that's two weeks in a row now. They wouldn't move off of Clyde even when he wasn't working well. And that Jarek McKinnon game, they kept going back to Clyde. And every time Jarek touched it, it went great. Every time Clyde touched it, it didn't. You know, they don't seem to have a good rhyme or reason. Kayla, we know your winner is Chris Jones. yes. For the same reason, because he actually got away with a penalty, or because he just played great. Because yes, both are true. because he
2: finally got a, away with the penalty instead of being, you know, getting these awful calls against him. Um, and naive Kayla over here, I, I didn't think that looked intentional. It looked like it just was like momentum going into him. It didn't look like an intentional trip.
0: Plus, it gave us an all-time gift. Did you see that one of like? Of Josh Allen, Josh little baby flipping kid.
2: out. Yes, <laughs> funny. yes. I'm I saw you retweet it.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't know that you couldn't trip in the NFL.
2: I saw that tweet gonna...
0: too, Nick. You, you it's it's uh, against the rules. There, uh, it's a penalty called tripping. Turns out,
1: for any, <laughs> not a fan. Wait, so for any, any player,
2: it looked player. like an accident. It didn't look intentional.
0: You can't just like sweep the leg of an offensive lineman and then go after him too.
1: Hmm. I think it shouldn't be. I I don't think it should be a penalty. I would like to eliminate. You can push people. You can tackle people. You can't trip them.
0: We spend, I know, it's weird. We spend way too much time talking about all the other things we want the competition committee to handle. And top of their priority list should be eliminating any penalty in which somebody just spoke to another person. (laughs) Those should go away. If they're like in their face, knock helmets, hit them late, we can all have conversations. But if they just say words to another person, I think we can safely eliminate that penalty from the books. With you there. Didn't Um, all he do, wasn't he just signaling a first down? Yeah. And then later, Diggs did the exact same thing, but like really in the guy's face. They don't call it. That's why you should just eliminate all of them. I don't think digs should be a penalty either. He should be allowed to make that catch and be like, fuck you. I caught it. Your problem. But it's just like, it doesn't matter. They just don't, they just call it when they feel like it. And I think that that's the worst part of that penalty. It's just when they feel like it.
2: It's lame. It really is. Um, My loser is, well, we've already touched on, you know, the major things. So my loser is myself. I am no longer, we are no longer five and one through the first six weeks. And I'm actually very salty about it. I'm a sore loser and I really thought
1: today, Kayla.
2: I know. (laughs) I know. Why am I doing that? You blamed
1: an interception on yourself. (laughs) I've had a lot of sleep lately.
2: I'm in an emotional state. Um, I need rest. Yeah, I just, I'm taking this loss on me.
0: You you were at a wedding last night. Do you have some like introspective moment where you're like, (laughs) oh man, I should have never said five and one before it started? If I said four and two, it goes the other way.
2: No, I think I just had too many vodka sodas.
1: And <laughs> yeah, We've all, all been, been there. there. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um,
2: Feeling it today, but yes.
1: Well, uh, what, do you
2: do you guys remember what you said at the beginning of the season? What would be through the first six weeks?
0: I think I said four and two, and I would have felt very good about it. So, I mean, from a bigger picture perspective, you should probably feel pretty good about that.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. How what nice pre- for you. I don't remember what I predicted, but I I do. I know. I think when you said four and two, I would be like, I was like, I would take that all day. If you told me they'd be four and two, I would take it all day. Now, I don't know how many different times I would have had to guess before I would have correctly predicted that the two losses would come to the Colts and the Bills.
0: You'd have gotten the Bills. You'd have just gotten yeah. through every other possible combination but yeah. the Colts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unfortunately, what would have happened? And look, the schedule does get... I mean, we don't want to schedule hunt too much, but the 49ers are the most banged up team in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Like their whole team is in shambles. Then you get bye week Andy against a uh, Titans team. Who's meh. Then like the that. Jags. So it's like before you have to face the Chargers on the road, there's three games to figure yourself out even a little bit more because this whole season for them is going to be th- this whole season for the chiefs is going to be figuring themselves out. Nick, you, like going back to the very beginning of this episode, it's a very key theme of all of this. I think is the bills know who they are. They know what they do. They know what they do well. They know how to do it um, because they've been doing that for three years. The Chiefs have a lot of different players on defense, and we're missing more. The Chiefs have a lot of different players on offense. It, they're six weeks into the season. They, they're not in an identity crisis. It's not that, but they they don't know who they are yet or what they're going to do great by the end of the year, and the Bills do, and you hung with that team. Like you played with that team toe for toe and they know what they're doing and you don't. And so, I mean, I, there is a benefit to that. Like when we look at the schedule, like if this is a light time to get it, great, because all you want to do is know who you are by the time the important game starts showing up.
2: I think the only thing that, that really irks me is just that it was a home game Yeah, and that should have worked in our favor.
0: I thought for a second it was going to when they, uh, they had that one, that one incompletion. The crowd started to like really get into it. I'm like, huh? Oh. <laughs> they were trying to decide if it was going to be a fumble or not. I'm like, oh my God, if they call this an incomplete pass instead of a fumble in the first quarter, we're going to be going through this all over again.
1: You know what? Maybe it's good though. Maybe it's good. The, the Bills are the one team who have shown that they can come into Arrowhead and handle it, right? I know they didn't do it in the playoffs, but... Let's be honest. When a team comes to you, I don't care if it's regular season or not. When a team comes to your building, beats you twice in a row in one of the best home field environments in football, like that tells me something. Yeah. So maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that the Chiefs don't end up getting the one seat. This is more of the coping mechanisms. Kayla was doing it earlier. Now I'm doing it now. Like I don't even want <laughs> one seat. I want to go on the road <laughs> in the playoff.
2: <laughs>
1: because he's never played a road playoff game. You're like, I kind of just want to <laughs> see it,
0: you know, for fun. Us. Yeah. Try it. Try <laughs> yeah, me. Exactly. Try me. I don't I'm think I'm going to Buffalo in, in January. I'm not going to lie. I would prefer the one seed still, please.
2: Yeah. Don't love that. Well, Cody, to your point, hopefully we won't have too many of these podcasts in the near future where you're, where we are sad fans and taking the blame. Um, do we feel good about everything? Do we feel a little better? Did this help? It was a therapy session. Yes, it is. It's good yep. to talk about it right after. All right, well, that is gonna do it for us on this Monday. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwartz. This is it's always game day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back with you guys on Wednesday.